great future. We're talking real money. Okay, here's something I never do. I never do a Sunday podcast. Well, okay, I did once. <laughs> we were banned by YouTube. I did it. I did one then. Hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald. This is Talking Real Money. We just have a lot of questions, a lot of questions that I'd like to get through. And uh, you can call your questions into the show or the podcast at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Or you can uh, write them in at TalkingRealMoney.com or record them at TalkingRealMoney.com just like this. Hi, my name is Karen. Uh, thank you for your podcast. I've been learning a lot. I have a question regarding um, small cap stocks. I heard you recommend on a podcast, uh, VSMAX, and I was reading about um, Paul Mer Merriman's The Buy and Hold the 10 um, Fund Strategy, and I was following that, and they were he was recommending VIOO, um, which has a higher expense ratio than the fund that you recommended, the VSMAX, but it also has a larger 10-year um, return. So I'm just wondering why, um, you know, or should I go with the VSMAX? Is that better? Um, I also have been investing in the U.S. small cap 600 value, VIOV. And as well as I just started doing some international small cap value, AVDV, and all world small cap VSS. So my question is, should I keep those four funds? So I'm getting international small cap blend in small cap value, U.S. small cap blend in U.S. small cap value. Or is there an easier way to go about that maybe with what you mentioned, the VSMAX? Um, so if you could let me know that, that would be great. And also, if you have any recommendations for a large cap value, I do have my, and th this is all in retirement assets, I'm trying to put the small cap in Roth versus traditional. Um, and the large cap value, I prefer Vanguard funds, but I, I am open to if you think there's another one that's better as well. Thank you. Stick with the Merriman thing. If you're doing Paul's portfolio, it, you're not going we're we're quibbling over little tiny differences over time and and predicting whether a broader small cap fund is going to do better than a narrower small cap fund is very very well, it's not difficult, it's impossible. It just can't be done. We we don't we don't do well at predicting the future. And so, therefore, I would just keep doing what I'm doing. And a large cap value fund. I'm trying to think of a value index. Um, and nothing is coming to mind right off the top of my head. And again, you, I don't know that you need to add it. Because if you have one of Paul's portfolios, you have larger companies in there. And you're going to have growth in value. And really the kicker. For a uh, for return from a historical and academic perspective, that kicker comes from small cap value, small cap value, or from uh, from like things like emerging markets, or from just you know generally value. You can just get a value fund, but I don't think uh, why make it more complicated than it needs to be. This is one of the reasons why we just suggest three fund portfolios at TalkingRealMoney.com from Vanguard, Fidelity, and uh, and Schwab because we're talking tiny little differences over time. And if you have a gigantic portfolio, that might make a lot of difference. 
But for a lot of people, it's hard to do and it's hard to stick with it and maintain the discipline. And then you get into the weeds and you start thinking, well, maybe I should do this and maybe I should do that. And that kind of sounds like what you're doing, Karen. Uh, find a, find something that works for you. And if that's Paul's portfolios, keep doing it and don't deviate from it because we don't know what might be better going forward. We just look back and say, these are the things that have done well in the past and kind of stick with it because the differences may be meaningless. Thanks so much for the call. We do appreciate it. And let's take another. Hi, Tom and Don. I love your show. Hey, my question today is, this is Andy from Ohio, by the way. Uh, I have a question. I have listened to Dave Ramsey and I know you're not a big fan of his, but one of the things I picked up on his podcast was recommendation for Xander identity theft insurance. And I subscribed to that as for myself as well as my parents because they had had some issues with uh, their social security number getting taken once, period. So I was one wondering if that is worthwhile or if it's any better than any other identity theft out there or if they really do anything, if it's any good. I don't know if I'm wasting our money or not. Thanks. Well, you're asking a guy who is not a huge fan of being insured against every eventuality. I believe in being insured against the big, more likely things. Cars come to mind. You know, it used to be that houses burned down. They really don't that much anymore since we stopped smoking in this country. Uh, I wish I could, but for, you know, we got hurricanes. Okay. In Florida, we got, we have hurricanes, but I got to tell you, I would not, I personally would not insure myself against identity theft. And I looked at those Xander policies those aren't cheap. And if you look at the actual numbers, very few people, very few people. Yes, they they got they quote these big numbers of these billions lost to identity theft. That's not to individuals. That's to banks. If someone steals your identity and opens credit cards in your name and racks up big bills, who's responsible for them? Not you. Not you. And, and insurance companies and people who make money off of insurance companies like Dave want to whip you into an emotional frenzy to get you to buy. And most of that stuff you don't need. As long as you keep an eye on your credit reports, which I do weekly, I don't, fr I don't have mine frozen. I just watch them because I know how to contact my bank or my credit card companies should something seem suspicious. And I even bank with a bank that says, if your debit card is accessed, we're going to make you whole. So there are ways to do this without spending $75, $100, $150, dollars a year for insurance from which they know, and you probably really know, you're never going to collect. It's designed to make us worry less, but we're worrying about things for which we probably don't have much of any liability. Yeah, there may be hassles and headaches getting all the cards back, but come on. For hundreds of dollars over the course of years, can you pick up the phone and make some phone calls? I think I can. I know I can. 
I've done it. I've had my card numbers stolen. I protect my identity relatively zealously, but could it be stolen? Yeah. So what are you going to do with it? I'm watching. I'll fix it. And I won't have any liability. So, no, I think it's a waste of time. I think it's making Xander rich and Dave rich, but I don't think it's going to help you a whit. Thanks for your question. I really appreciate it. And, um, oh, I'm just going to do one more. I decided I'm just going to do one more. Kind of clean out the the files for a while. Hey, Tom and Don. Uh, longtime listener of the show. I've had some great conversations with Tom at Vestry and the fact that uh, you meant what you said whenever I got my hour-long consultation. And ironically, Tom said we're doing just great on our own. So, much appreciated for everything you guys do. My question is, uh, my wife is an orthopedic PA and her company automatically puts in 10% into their 401k offering. It's through Edward Jones with um, all American funds. And I know I've heard you guys talk about American funds not being the greatest thing in the world. Uh, we currently max out both of our own individual Ross. We contribute a ton through my 403B. We have separate investments, everything else, yada, yada. But it's 10% free money. Is there any suggestion there as far as what we should do with that portion of our retirement portfolio since it's American funds? Maybe we should just find whichever is their lowest cost fund and put it in that. And that's where we'll keep the portion of... Um, whatever that particular investment is in that. But just curious if there's any options we can do as far as trying to get out of the American funds portion of things, or if we should just be thankful for free money. Thanks again for all you guys do. Thanks for all the nice comments. Yeah. That's our philosophy at Vestry. If you don't need us, we're not going to try and pitch you to be a client. Come on. That'd be stupid. Well, it would be, it'd make us money, but we're not anything for a buck people. We want to make an honest living. Uh, American funds, Ed Jones. Well, here's the first thing I do is, is your wife in good with the partners in this group? I would imagine she is maybe some evening, you know, with over drinks, it's, you know, she should suggest that maybe they look at moving the 401k to Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard or someplace where they're, they're lower fees and, and get lower fee products. I know. Here's the deal. The managing partners probably buds with this person at Ed Jones. And that's why they have the account, because there's a relationship there. But if you guys can make the case that this is not just costing the employees money, but it's costing the partners money. And it is because if they were with Vanguard funds, the fees would be like one-tenth of 1% per year compared with six-tenths, seven-tenths, eight-tenths of a percent per year, even more with American funds. And while that's not enough to really make a dramatic difference, it will make a difference, but you're getting free money. So when it comes right down to it, uh, I would make sure that my portfolio is allocated properly. I would, I would have the more expensive, the internationals, the smaller company stocks, and all those in your Roths, and then yeah, lean for the lower fee products that fit your portfolio in the four hundred one k. But really, um, maybe try to get them. 
here's an idea. See if she can get the person in charge to call the show or the podcast and just get our opinion. Just say, call these guys and see what they think. Okay? Try that. Or just have a little talk with them and say, we could save a huge amount of money. And and are is this a good enough friend that you want to make them wealthier and the employees poorer? And, by the way, the trustees of the plan have a fiduciary responsibility to the employees, to the participants, to get the best products possible. And a case could be made that while these are okay, they're not the best. They're not in the best interests of the participants because of the cost. Thanks for the question. Thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Oh, please tell your friends about the podcast. We really, really want to spread the word. We want people to stop doing all the dumb things that they're doing with their money because everybody's going to end up better off if that's the case. There will always be dumb people making mistakes for us, so we'll just take advantage of them. But I don't want you getting taken advantage of. So tell your friends. If you like what you hear, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. I know that's kind of a pain if you're not an Apple Podcast person, but they're really the big source of reviews on the, in the podcast industry. And let's see, what else? Uh, oh, if you want to meet with one of our advisors, just go to vestory.com. We'll meet with you for nothing. As Chad just said, we'll meet with you for nothing. And if you, if you don't need us, we're not going to tell you you do. And even if you do need us, we're not going to try and push into doing anything. That's your call. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?